Entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. You're the first one in, last one out, and you do whatever it takes to succeed. Nonetheless, 25 million Americans have chosen the entrepreneurial life because it's equal parts demanding and fulfilling. Welcome to the People First, Then Profit podcast. Join hospitality veteran, photographer, and entrepreneur Don Mamoni each week as he hosts a candid, no-holds-barred conversation with successful business owners and entrepreneurs eager to share their professional secrets with you. Like his crazy Italian family does on Sunday nights, he's serving up a healthy portion of inspiration, motivation, and education, so I hope you're hungry. Now, here's your host, Don Mamoni. All right, everybody, welcome back to the People First, Then Profit podcast. Uh, I know what you're thinking. I know you're thinking, where was Don last week? Uh, I missed a week, and I'm not ashamed to tell you that. And the reason I'm not ashamed to tell you that was because last week uh, I was participating in, I had invested in uh, a really super crazy intensive leadership program. And uh, I'm sorry to have missed the podcast, but I got to tell you guys, uh, I, had, I had it like 90% of the way there. And the last 10%, I was like, oh, I'll work that in. I'll work that in. And uh, what it really boils down to is they had asked for our commitment. And I thought, ah, they don't really mean that. I mean, they can't possibly be 24-7. But between uh, getting rest, eating, sleeping just a little bit, doing the course and doing the homework, um, I really needed to be committed to it. So uh, the reason I'm telling you all of this rather than just say, hey, I missed a podcast last week is because I'm a true believer in the fact that the best investment you'll ever make is in yourself. That's a quote from Warren Buffett. And if he knows anything about investment um, of money, I'm sure he knows a little bit about investment in yourself. So uh, I just want you guys to take that as your lesson for today. Uh, I was committed to it. I followed the rules of the program, meant that I had very little time outside of the program, except to see my beautiful wife and loving daughter. And that was it. So uh, we're back this week. Uh, and I'm kind of glad we took a break because I think you might be needed it. You needed it for what we're about to talk about. And it's really uh, one of those things where the universe just shows us because today I'm joined by Paul Van Bloom, and we're going to talk about time, all things time. Time for most people is a four letter word and they get frustrated by it and they get upset by it. And I fell victim and prey to it last week. I had anticipated that I would make it work, fit it in. And out of dedication and, and uh, full faith and effort to the program, I, I didn't. And so I'm super excited to talk to Paul and all things time. Paul, thank you so much for being with us here today. Oh man, thank you for having me. I'm pumped to talk about what we're gonna talk about. It's my yeah. favorite thing. I know it. And I can see it look on your face. So those of you that are listening to the podcast and don't know, uh, I record this live on Zoom for the audio, but I also stream it into the People First and Profit Facebook group. If you're not a member, you should be because you could be watching this video now instead of waiting for it to release in the podcast. Uh, but anyway, the smile on Paul's face when he said, I'm excited <laughs> to talk to you about what we're talking about today is amazing. Uh, typically what I do, Paul, is I read a bio Okay. I read your bio so that the people know where we're coming from as we get ready to talk about your favorite topic. Is that all right? Yeah, I love it. Okay. Here we go. Paul Van Bloom is a game-changing business coach for high-achieving business owners. He's uniquely capable of helping business owners create predictable success in their life and business by mastering their time. His clients have more quality time with their family, phenomenal health, rapid business results, and are regularly time traveling to their dream life. Time traveling. I love that. Okay. Paul has been part of founding and scaling multiple seven-figure businesses, all while using his unique, creative, and strategic approach to build each of these businesses at an exceptionally rapid pace. Paul is currently teaching business owners how to take control of their life and business by breaking old time management rules. Paul is convinced that pulling the vision of your life and business into reality as possible and is enabling his clients to do it daily. He is living proof that collapsing time is possible and doing it without sacrificing your family relationship on the altar of business is possible. You aren't alone in this journey and he can show you how. Paul, thank you for joining us once again. And man, what an expertly well-written, relatable bio that was. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I am... Uh, I am a victim of time. I don't like the, I don't like victimhood. Um, yeah, I, have, I have studied time a little bit. I've written some mm -hmm. books on time. I've, mm. I've tried a different uh, practical implementations of time. 
uh, some successful, others not so much. And so I guess my first question is, after reading this bio, knowing you as I do, uh, great guy, great guy, great business owner, someone who cares, someone who is too deeply invested in his, in his mission and message. How are business owners managing their time right now? Ooh, well, that's the big problem. Okay. <laughs> is that they're, um, they're managing their time. Mm. Here's, here's what, I, what a lot of business owners don't recognize is, and, and I know that this sounds like a little bit quippy, Mm-hmm. And, and like, uh, like a marketing phrase, but I want you to like, actually think about this. You can't manage time. Mm-hmm. Like it's an impossibility. You don't, you don't like sit down and like, okay, I've got two minutes. I'm going to manage these and I'm, I'm going to magically produce five, right? It doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. You're not a, you're not a time traveler, mm-hmm. right? But what you can do, and this was the big, re- so actually like, let me actually explain how I came across this. Um, I was, uh, what really became very poignant for me was when I was in, um, I was in college full time. Mm-hmm. I had two jobs. Um, I had just gotten married. Um, this was years ago, but, mm-hmm. uh, I, I was just like maxed out when it came to the minutes in the day and the tasks that I had at hand. And, um, it was just, it was just chaos. I was, in, I was in utter chaos. And, um, what I ended up recognizing was, holy cow, I have to do something about this. Like, this is not sustainable. I'm, wait- I'm going to bed at 3 a.m. trying to get something done for some, uh, some school project. Then I'm waking up at 7 to get to work, right? It's not like it's not working. And so I went to my wife and I said, hey, I think the solution is planning. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she was like, all right. And, um, I said, okay, like, let's get together and let's like actually plan out the week. And, um, so we sat down on a Sunday and we spent like three to four hours meticulously mapping out exactly what we're going to do every minute of the day. And it was like, it was, we got it. It was going to work. Mm-hmm. And I was even going to like get up and go to the gym. Right. Yeah. And, um, of course. Right. Of course. <laughs> and so we go to bed on Sunday. I wake up at five 30 on Saturday and I bet you can guess what I did. I hit the snooze button. I was going to say, I didn't get up, <laughs> didn't go to the gym. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hit the snooze button again, hit the snooze button again. And, and eventually it's like 830 and I'm like, oh, I got to get up and get, I get to work. Mm-hmm. But you, you know what happens in that moment? You throw off the covers and you sit on the edge of the, your bed and you go, oh, I'm a failure. Mm-hmm. Right? That's the immediate thought that goes through your head. I committed. I spent three hours committing to this moment and I didn't do it. Yeah. And this happens with everything. I mean, th- for the business owners listening to this, I can imagine that you've meticulously mapped out your day and maybe you even got up and went to the gym, mm-hmm. but <clears throat> the kid throws up or the doctor appointment gets scheduled over something or the dog chews up the couch or whatever, right? Something happens and then everything starts dominoing. It's right? funny. I call that the X factor. Like my daughter became the X factor because just like you described, Paul, I was pretty wired, had it all figured out. And then, uh, you know, we'd have a code brown just as we're getting ready to walk out of the door. And that's at least <laughs> yeah. a 15 minute thing. And yeah. we were, everything was so razor's edge that we would be late and we would have yeah. to be apologizing. Because as business owners, we're not we're not the normal mode. I mean, we're aspirational. We're like, mm-hmm. we can do it all. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have a, a beautiful physique and I'm going to have the business that is just like booming. And I'm going to mm-hmm. have these deep, intimate relationships, but there's only so many hours in the day. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and here's, here's the thing. I, so after these, like this repeated failure, cause I tried again and again and again, I was like, it's going to work. I see people that do it. I'm going to do it too. Mm-hmm. And, um, eventually my my wife was like, Paul, I'm not planning with you anymore. This is not working. <laughs> it's like, we're spending, <laughs> we're spending hours and hours on our day off to like, to figure out the rest of the week. But then it just ends up blowing up every single time. Like mm-hmm. this isn't working. And, um, and so like, touche. <laughs> like, Fair I enough. Can't argue with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I, but I'm like, like, like all of you, I'm sure I'm just like, I, I have to do this. I have to figure this out. I'm not willing to accept that. I'm just going to live in chaos for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and I had that realization, that phrase came to my mind that I, that I said before, you can't manage time. Like mm-hmm. Paul, you're not doing it. 
but what you can do and this like this was the aha moment this was the clarity Mm. but i can manage my decisions and Mm. i can manage my vision Mm. and um and that was like a a game-changing moment for me because i was like oh that totally makes sense like like and you hear this phrase all the time right like elon musk or uh einstein or so the greats they have just as much time as you yeah but what they're doing different than you is they either have a different vision and strategy to get there or well and here's the 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 real takeaway the secret is and they are managing their decisions as well they have Mm. both of them yeah and a lot of I, I'm I'm gonna be- guess. Well, I'm not actually not gonna guess. I'm gonna tell you that <laughs> that everyone listening, if you're struggling to produce what you want to be producing in your in your business or in your life or in your relationships or in whatever it, all the goals that, that you have, it's because you're either lacking in one of those two areas. Same again both. for me. Same again. Your your vision, yeah, and your decisions. Vision and decisions. So if you guys are listening right now which you are because you hear my voice. <laughs> if you're struggling with these things, right? We're talking about the fact that you can't control time, but you can control your vision and your decisions. And that's so great because it makes it internal as opposed to mm-hmm. trying to manage something external. Yes. It's a, it's a psychology game. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a color coordinated box game, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or a list game or some cool app or some sexy planner that a guru is selling to you. Like, it's not about that. Like, yeah. frankly, yeah. I, you could you could follow my the, the system that I've created that is getting ridiculous results with my clients. I'll have, I have some stories for you, but ridiculous results. You can do it on a pad of paper, straight mm. up. Like it's Just not on about a pad the of paper. Yep. Right I mean, I don't. I do it on my phone because it's yeah. easier. But you could. Yeah. Map it out on just a, a piece of paper and a pen. Which just goes to show you. So um, I talk about a flight plan and a roadmap with my clients, right? Especially in the coaching program, because it feels like whenever I do coach folks um, that are struggling, right? Achieving their goals. It, it typically is a real problem with one or the other and, or an absence of one or the other, like truly they're dreamers or doers, but not both. And so the mm-hmm. flight plan is the high level vision. The roadmap is the tactical implementation. And what you just told me is your system, right? And this concept of time and how important time is uh, like kind of accepting your limitation. You can't manage externally. You can't manage time. So you can manage your vision and your decisions. You've told me that if I'm a person that is literally married to pen and paper, none of this iPhone, iCloud BS, or if I'm like a tech nerd, super nerd, I love all of my spreadsheets and all that kind of stuff. You can do it on your phone or your computer, which I yeah. think is huge, Paul, because if you, if you have a roadmap and a framework and a system like you have, but it's only implementable in a certain way, failure in a sense that you yeah. can't reach everybody. You can't help everybody. So you can help everybody. Well, and, and it's not adaptable. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's a, that's a really important part is that, Hey, like if again, like we don't live the, the old time management systems, they're mm-hmm. not necessarily like, well, they are bad, but they're not necessarily like 100% broken. They're just not built for people that well, they're not built for this day and age. They're Mm -hmm. built for somebody who can sit in an office and close the door Mm -hmm. uh, like in the eighties and like just go this and then this and then this and then this and with like very little interruption. And then they go home and like the the house is taken care of and they sit down, they have a meal and then they go back to work, right? Yeah. That's not where we live. And the type of work that we're we're working on is extremely different. Mm -hmm. It's it's unendable. Yeah. we, you can always be improving your business. There's always something more to do. There's like, but what, and, and it's constantly adjusting. And so we have to, we have to create a system around the, the mastery of our lives and our businesses and our time that mm-hmm. is, that is, a, is adaptable and changeable and, and quickly adaptable. <clears throat> so that's like, that's the really important aspect of this is we, we don't live in a rote world. We mm-hmm. live in a very quick and adaptable world. So that is a huge golden boulder for those of you listening right now intently because the environment in which you execute something can be the predictor of whether it's successful or not. Okay. So t- to use older days, older times when you would, like you said, have one phone on your desk mm-hmm. and a computer and its sole purpose was productivity, Right. 20, 30, 40 years ago, not even 20, probably 30, 40, 50 years ago, right? It, it was easier, 
block out the world, pound out two hours of work, take a break, do whatever, come back, do two more hours of work, whatever you, and, and I'm about to like, I'm going to, I'm confident in you in, I want to throw you a, kind of a little bit of a curveball. I'm ready. One of my immediate things when I think about it is one of the most successful or more successful time management tactics out there. And that's like block scheduling, right? All these people. And, and the reason I brought that one up is because um, I, I see people planning out like you did with your wife every day, each and every day. And I want to know, like, why is time management so difficult? Why, why, why does that, I mean, other than what things we talk about, like, I mean, it should work, right? I'm going to use this time for this and this time for this. And then when I'm done at five, I get to go home and that that's my like play with my kids block. Right. What, what's the flaw there? Why is that outdated? Well, part of the, part of the problem is, well, everything that we mapped out before, but in addition to that, it also doesn't allow for a lot of creativity in it. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and especially as entrepreneurs and business owners, we, the vast majority of us are very, um, I'm going to use a, a really like psychology, psychology word, like lateral thinkers, mm -hmm. meaning we connect things to things a lot. We're like, mm -hmm. and, and all the time. And that's not, that's not necessarily, it has its downsides and it has its upsides. Part, mm -hmm. part of the downside is that we, um, while we're doing one thing, we're thinking about a million other things. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's great, but we need to be able to confidently um, set aside those thoughts really quickly. So that's part of the problem with the block, the time blocking is we don't have a system for taking those thoughts out of our head and putting them into a system that we trust. And I want to come back to that actually, but to finish addressing your question, um, the, um, the other problem with that is that we aren't allowing for us to, again, like we said, adapt and not only just like adapt our, um, adapt to like things that come up in our day, but also like adapt to what is most present in our work right then because you might have a creative idea that is like like golden right and it's like i i need to act on this right now like it, this is this is important and with a time blocking system it doesn't allow you you'd have to readjust your whole day right but with um with a system that i i coach my um students through or students clients through is um you're, you can really quickly and really easily adjust your workflow to attend to those things that are of most importance, highest leverage, vital mm -hmm. targets, right? You can adjust really quickly. And, um, and that's, I mean, that's a huge advantage that yeah. time blocking and other systems like that don't account for. And that's super important to me. Uh, I work with a lot of creative entrepreneurs, photographers, mm -hmm. DJs, videographers, um, editors, those folks, uh, florists, planners, designers, like all those people are incredibly creatively uh, motivated, which is mm -hmm. oftentimes why they're dreamers, they're creatives, right? And this idea of institution, any kind of institution, including like a, a regimented schedule. So um, the other thing I, I bet you find, and I'm, I'm just going to ask you, but I'm going to sort of tell you, and I hope I'm right. I'll bet <laughs> you people are, are struggling with succeeding because they're also resistant to that. They're like, well, I guess I have to do this block management thing to make myself more efficient because I'm a creative. So not only to your point, it's a potentially and, and uh, empirically outdated system, but they're resistant to it anyways, because that's not the way they want their mind to work. That's not the way their heart mm -hmm. and their soul works. They, they believe in their business and they want to be creative about it. So you've, you've sort of foreshadowed so perfectly and so well uh, the system that you've created and the ideas that you have around it and the success of your clients and a few other things. So I guess that's the next step, right? We've broken the audience down. You guys are terrible, <laughs> terrible folks. You guys have no ability to manage your time and you're struggling and you can't do all the things and you're not going to the gym because I'll tell you, <laughs> I've done the block uh, scheduling thing and I've been a fan of it in the past. I, I am a, a more of a creative than I used to be, yeah. but well, uh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to, and it's not necessarily, it's that, I, that's not what I'm, what I'm saying is it's not necessarily bad. Like it yeah. works for some people, sure. but it's not like it's ultimately the dreams that I bet you have, those of you listening are not going to fit within that system. And you, I, you're right, because I know that what I do with block scheduling is especially things for myself. Cause that's what, I mean, if you have an appointment on your calendar, that's just an appointment on your calendar. But when you're scheduling stuff, right, this is, I'm, I just blow through it. Paul, like I don't honor it. And that's part of the mm -hmm. struggle is, is I'm like, well, I got this other thing to do. Uh, I know I'm supposed to ride the bike right now, but I'm just not. Cause I've got this other thing to do. And I just delete it from the calendar. So, so, so the accountability 
to my creative mm-hmm. heart and what I'm trying to do and my drive. Cause you, the one thing that you said that I didn't interject on is literally you're talking to my heart when you say things like that, like that I'm not blank, that there's always a million things to do in my business. I literally said, Emily, like I have to accept and acknowledge that on any given day, I could literally fill up all 24 hours with something I want to do for the business. Mm-hmm. And guess what? My vision and my decisions, I'll bet you are going to help me decide what to do with all of those 24 hours. So let's move forward, right? You weren't, you weren't uh, trash talking all the other scheduling things. You just want to provide and introduce a new one, your system. And so like, how do, you, how do they fix it? Now that we've broken them down and we've been like, hey, mm-hmm. you're struggling, it's hard. We're making them look deep inside. Let's build them back up. Like, what's the way that we fix this issue? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the way that we fix it is we, one, we recognize that this is, this is a psychology game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but let me get a little bit nerdy. Um, so your, the way that you're built right now, if we're, if we're looking at it from like an evolutionary standpoint, we have our nervous system first mm-hmm. that informs our, they call it the reptilian brain, which is essentially, it's an alarm system, right? Mm-hmm. Then we move into our hind brain, which was where we tell a lot of stories in our subconscious. And then we get up into our frontal cortex or, and there's the midbrain there, but we're going to talk about the frontal cortex and the rest of that. Um, So what that is, is essentially everything but your frontal cortex. And I'm talking a big generality. So all of you like real science nerds, like don't, don't burn me down in the comments, but, (laughs) um, but just, just for the imagery. Uh, and I'm, and I'm forgetting the exact percentage, um, but it's something, it's something in like the eighties, it, the 80% of your decisions are, are subconscious. They're, mm-hmm. they're dictated by those old structures, not your frontal cortex. So your thinking brain. Right. Mm-hmm. And so what's happening throughout your day is all of those old structures, all that, the rest of that 80% is telling you, is reminding you at really poor times of the day, how to survive. And let me tell you a, a story about what that might, look like, that might look like. You are in the shower and you're having a good old time. And then all of a sudden this thought comes to your mind, oh my goodness, I have to send that client email. Mm-hmm. And if I don't, and the way that your, your hindbrain immediately starts telling stories and it's saying, if you don't, if you don't send that email, they're going to not trust you. And then what the, the part that you don't actually think about is, and if they don't trust you, you're rejected. And if you're mm-hmm. rejected, you literally are going to die is what <laughs> your hindbrain is saying. Yeah. And so your, your nervous system kicks on and it's like, Oh, oh my goodness, I got to do this. Oh my goodness. Like, and then, and then you start thinking about five other things just like that. Mm-hmm. And like, I have to do this and I have to do this. And oh my goodness, there's this. And oh, I have to buy that birthday present for my mom. And there's all these things firing. And guess what? You're in the shower. You can't send the email. You can't mm-hmm. act on it. And so what we have to do is we have to create a structure that replaces the subconscious thought, thought patterns and that, that your th- subconscious thought patterns can actually trust. And that's the huge part. We have systems outside of us that are supposed to remind us, but we don't actually trust them, mm-hmm. right? Instead, we have this calendar that we end up deleting things from and shifting things around, or we have this list that ends up sitting on like, like a, a shelf in our desk that we never actually look at, right? Or, or mm-hmm. we're like, we're so overwhelmed that we just have to brain dump. And we like write out like three pages of all the things that we have to do. And then we do like five of them. Right. So there's not, there's not a structure that we actually trust to remind us at the appropriate times when we can act on them, when we're in front of our computer or when we're, we're at the store. Right. And so what, but when we do have that structure, what ends up happening is we, we have a, a, a system that we can, that we can trust that will declutter our thought patterns. And that's, this is super, super important because especially for you creatives, this is super important. Um, <clears throat> when you're able to, I, I call it clearing the decks, when you're able to declutter your thought process mm-hmm. and you can go to your system, I, I literally have on my, the home screen of my phone, I have a, my calendar and then I have a reminders list mm-hmm. like just right there that I can always refer to. I just flip it open. And I go, okay. And it's, it's, it's the, the first thing that I see when I open my phone. So I can go, yeah. 
okay, what do I want to do right now? Well, I have an appointment with Don right now. Yeah. That's a time specific action that I can be taking. Yeah. Or a time specific decision. And so I can, I know exactly what I, I, I ought to be doing right now. And I go right to it. Mm -hmm. Or if I have some open time, like I, the next appointment that I have is at 12, I can instead refer to my list and go, oh, look, there's like a, a whole bunch of options right now that can remind me appropriately when I'm mm -hmm. not doing something exactly what to do. And what this does for you, I know this sounds like super simple, yeah. but what it does for you is it allows you to focus on the highest leverage decision that you can make right now. Yep. Not not when you're in the shower, but right now. And then what it's so beautiful because when you're in the shower, if something comes up, you can just go, don't worry. It's in the system. Yeah. Like, and you can you can quiet those voices. Yeah. But it also allows you to be totally focused on what you're doing right now. And what that does is it makes your your capacity in that moment, your power in that moment exponential because your attention and your attention is your power your attention is not pulled in 20 different directions yeah it's focused on one thing and if something comes up you go i'm just going to put it in my, my reminders list that i'm going to refer to later in my weekly planning and in my daily planning and i don't have to worry about it so um especially in the virtual world nowadays and and on a podcast like this you're talking directly to me and and i can look you in the eye right mm -hmm. And there's this whole audience of people out there listening, okay? And what I, what I think they're thinking is something I joke around all the time. When I don't have the opportunity to see somebody's eyes and they're speaking to my heart, I joke around and I say, how come you're looking at me when you say that? Because I know they're not, because <laughs> they can't see me. So I think everybody in the audience right now, Paul, is saying, how come he's looking right at me as he says these things? Because I have literally struggled with every pain point you just said. Every single well, one of them. He, here's why. Because... I went through those exact same pains. Yeah. I've, I've, I've literally been uh, like, not to get like too over the top, but this is like a real scenario. Like uh, I'm remembering like a specific moment where I was laying on the floor of my living room, just like bawling to my mm -hmm. wife. I mean, like, I can't do it all. Yeah. Like, I just can't do it. Mm -hmm. And like, like, the reason why I'm like, I know it sounds like super nerdy. It's like time management, but like what we're act, we're not talking about just time management. Mm -mm. What we're talking about is your dreams. It, we're, we're talking about everything about you. We're mm -hmm. talking about your health. We're talking about your relationships with your family. We're talking about your dreams and aspirations within your business and your clients and, and the mm -hmm. impact that you want to have in the world. All of those things, all of those things require decisions. And it requires mm -hmm. a vision and a strategy to create those things. And if we can master our capacity to make a decision mm -hmm. and our capacity to, to, to envision a future and a strategy to arrive there that we actually trust, like we're talking about your life and your identity, friends. We're yeah. talking about who you are. And like all your identity is, is simply a compilation of decisions. And if if you can compile the correct decisions and create the, the, the identity of who you actually are, we can create the reality and the experiences that you want to have around you. Like so, we're talking about everything, friends. Like that's yeah. what we're talking about. Time, time is by, by definition, sort of the source of all things, failures and successes, because literally when you're doing something, you're making use, you're utilizing the commodity the non-replenishable resource of time, right? Every minute gone is a minute you won't get back again. And so I think that the, the, the core of your system, that it's based on the decisions you make and the vision that you have is so unbelievable because it takes the power away from that external, puts it internal. I want to have a quick anecdote for you. And that's that my grandfather, uh, my paternal influence, somebody I love and care for and cherish, we lost way too soon when I was a kid and I literally just all over the place, you know, couldn't focus because you're kids, right? Ah, blood, squirrel, keys, whatever. He would look at me and he would sit me down and with the most intentional words, like grandpas do, we called him Pappy. So Pappy would sit me down and look me right in the eyes and he'd say, whatever you're doing at this very moment is the most important thing that you should be doing. It's the literally the most important thing in your life, whatever you're doing right now. And I reflect on that when I'm with my daughter 
because one of my recent sayings, Paul, is I spend a lot of time around my daughter, but mm. I don't spend as much time with my daughter as I want mm. to. And I've been, I, I told, you know, opened up this podcast with the fact that I didn't do an episode last week because it's immersive thing. Uh, this, this improvement program because of things you're talking about, the inability to create more time and to bend time to our will. All we can do is take responsibility for our vision and our decisions based on your system. It's, it's pretty mind blowing, man. Like, and you sit here and go like, I don't want to get too nerdy. I don't want to get too like emotional. I don't get to this or that. Like we are literally talking about people people taking action and m- taking steps to change their life. Yeah. Build, building your reality. Yeah. yeah. I want to, I want to re- talk of, if, if it's okay. Can of I- course. Of course. Um, this is your podcast, not mine. Let's go. <laughs> I want to talk about one other aspect of this because mm-hmm. what, what I described just barely was, was very much on the decision side and there, mm-hmm. and, and what I've noticed is, is that the majority of entrepreneurs struggle with that side of it because they're, they're open thinkers, but there's this other type of entrepreneur that struggle with the vision side of it. Mm-hmm. And this is super, super important too. Um, I was actually just barely talking to an entrepreneur yesterday and he was very much in this category. He is an organizer. He mm-hmm. knows he he's, I call it a future oriented is the, the visionary people, the people we just talked about that struggle mm-hmm. with the, the now. Yeah. And this guy was very now oriented. Mm-hmm. He was very focused on, I'm, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to organize this. I'm going to do this. And, and, and he was effective and his deck was pretty clear. But what he struggled with was the meaning behind the actions that he's taking right now. So when 5 a.m. rolls around and his alarm goes off and he's like, I'm supposed to go to the gym, but eh. mm-hmm. and the reason why it's so easy in those moments to just be like, meh, is because it's not oriented towards something. And mm-hmm. it's not, he can't clearly go, if I do this, then X happens in the future. Uh, like mm. a very tangible, like potent yeah. Um, vision of how that what this now is creating out here mm-hmm. and and what these people can do a lot, especially the really ambitious ones, <clears throat> is they can um, McCall Jones put it perfectly um, they as can she think, oftentimes does. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. She, yeah I was, she was talking to me about this and she said she called it thinking with her feet. Right. Which uh-huh. is like. It's just like, I'm just going to run. I'm just going to run. I'm just going to do stuff. And, and what's really, oh, this is just the part that kills me. What's really sad about um, people in this scenario is they can really quickly have other people start living their life for them. Mm-hmm. It's really easy. In the worst scenarios, it's something like, well, I have this, this like really uh, difficult thing that I need to be doing in my business, like an email that I need to be writing or this funnel that I need to be building. It's like, but I know how to get on TikTok and that's not ambiguous. Like mm-hmm. I can do that and I'm really good at it, right? And so it's really easy to not have the motivation to make those decisions that you need to be making right now, mm-hmm. even though they're really clear on what they could be doing. But also another, another difficult part of this is what should I be doing? Mm-hmm. Not only, not only, and this is like the, the not as bad as TikTok version, but, yeah. it's like, but it's like, well, I don't know exactly what I should be doing because I don't have a really clear strategy that leads towards a vision. Instead, I'll just do whatever the guru tells me to do, uh. which gurus are great and coaches are great, but they aren't in your life. Right. So like they can't, they'll never be able to give you the perfect decision, but mm-hmm. you can choose the perfect decision because you are living your life. Right. And so there's this, there's this element of trust that needs to be built with themselves and, yeah. and a cultivation of vision. And so like, again, it's the melding of these two worlds. We have to have both of these ends of the spectrum. We have to have the future and the now melded together so that when we're, when we're moving, not only do we, have a clear enough deck that we can actually decide, but we can actually decide in a specific targeted, vitally targeted way that leads us toward a specific clear vision. Hmm. And like when you have those two worlds, it's magic. It's like magical. It's, it sounds awesome. And um, I think people struggle with absolutes and with, um, with just falling prey. Uh, mine, I know it. I already know my kryptonite. My kryptonite is uh, what you talked about with regards to clutter 
and my mind being all over the place. And, and I try to do the best I can to sort of to harness that. But, but the system you're talking about sounds like it's going to be just perfect, right? Mm-hmm. The other thing is I am a thermostatic manager when things start to, to get hotter right? As pressure goes up, I talk to my, my students about it. I call, I call them students a lot of time too, but I could talk to my clients about it, right? When they're learning, I'm like thermostatic management hits the minute the temperature hits a certain place and fires start to pop up. And which fire do you have to put out? The biggest one or the one that's burning the hottest. Mm-hmm. And so all these things are popping up. And again, to your point, that's all external. You've lost control. These fires are popping up and all you're doing is turning the water on them based on the one that's the most dangerous, right? So your email yeah. to the client that you've been sitting on, that you knew you should have done, that you didn't do, that you're now in the shower and you remember you're in the shower and a fire has popped up across the house and you can't get to it. You can't put water on it. So it just starts to burn and burn. So that is my, and your idea, this concept of a vision and decision-making is, it sounds like it's a good solution for that too. Um, so let's do this. Let's, let's hear like a, you would, uh, again, foreshadowed so perfectly, right? What's a favorite? Like if you have to think about either, and we don't have to use names, right? Um, Georgie Porgy, your client, right? (laughs) That was like maybe the funniest or the most extreme. Like what's a transformation that we might, that might resonate with us before we wrap up? Yeah, I actually, this was a couple of weeks ago. Um, It was, it was just a really beautiful, proud moment for me. (laughs) Um, I had a, a client come to me who um, he was still in his nine to five. He was uh, building his, his real estate business and just crushing it by the way. Um, but uh, he came to me almost concerned and uh, I shouldn't even say almost, he was concerned. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, Paul, I, um, I had this really weird moment this week. And um, he said, he said, Paul, I don't know what to do when I don't have anything to do. <laughs> and I just started laughing. I, I, I literally almost thought he was joking. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and he was like, no, like I like genuinely, like, what do I do when I like everything's done? And yeah. I was like, well, first of all, let's just applaud for you. Right. Right here for a moment, because that is the, the, the Holy it's the grail. Dream. That's, it's the that dream. Is what, <laughs> yeah. Especially for like a nine to five plus uh, like a, a business of your own yeah. plus like a kid and your wife's pregnant and you have yeah. the dog, like, yeah. like there's a lot going on, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and you're, you're able to say, I don't know what, like, I don't know what to do and I have nothing to do. Like that is beautiful. Like, Holy cow. But the thing that was so cool about that is, I mean, this was like, this was one an ambitious guy and a very um, capable guy. Like he, he was getting stuff done, but he he was had brought on so much responsibility that wasn't strategically oriented that it was just like there's just so much you know going on and um and uh and so uh, i it was this really beautiful moment where i was able to like walk him through what to do when you don't have anything to do right <laughs> and it was like it was just a such a proud moment for me just to like watch this guy totally transform the way that he interacted with his wife and his kid and and the and and to like be like he like tripled his income in like under like three months and like he was just he was living the life that he wanted to be living and and he was like taking hikes with his with his daughter and and it was uh, this other really cool moment with that the same client is he had written out the vision for himself and he mm-hmm. said Paul I read through my vision last night and and I realized I was already doing like ninety percent of what was on here. Like he had, he had literally pulled his future. He had time traveled into the future and pulled it into the now. Right. Yeah. And, and um, it was just like, it was such a rad moment to see him be totally present yeah. and learn how to be totally present with nothing to do Man. and, and just have the decision come to him that he was the right decision to make with nothing to do. So I love your idea of time travel, uh, future pacing, which I think I first heard from Steven Larson. Uh, this idea of like seeing into the future and pacing yourself towards that goal. Uh, it's a similar, similar concept of looking to the future and saying, this is the thing that I want and pulling that into the now is brilliant. If it's okay with you, I want to talk directly to the audience for a hot second, because something that you just said, Paul, is um, bringing up feelings inside of me that I hear so often, both inside my circle, my coaching program, my audience, but the world, conversations, um, 
around cocktail parties for years, I've heard people talk about this uh, elusive concept of putting your oxygen mask on first, taking care of yourself, self-care. So in the audience, I, li I literally want you to do this. It's only going to take like a minute or two. I want you to close your eyes really, really tight, really tightly. And just, if you have a feeling inside of you that you're not taking care of yourself, you're not taking care of your health, you're not taking care of your heart, you're not reading, you're not doing that thing, whatever that thing is that you want to do that reaffirms your life, that has nothing to do with your kid, your business, your wife, your husband, your spouse, you're not doing it because you don't have time, because you can't make the time. I'm just going to go ahead and give you an auditory permission slip to change that because I say it frequently on the podcast to my students in the world. If you don't take care of yourself, eventually you're not going to be good to anybody else, which is the moral of the oxygen mask concept. If you pass out on that plane, you're going to be able to help your kid. Are you going to be help, help that old person next to you, the elderly person? It's not okay. It's not okay to live your life, not doing those things. And it's most certainly not okay to let other people dictate how you can live your life. Okay, we only get one shot at this. It's a blip on the radar. It's all gone too soon. So Paul's message and his story and the system he's created and the passion behind it is empirically and optically available to me because I see him as we've been talking. There's, it's time. It's time for you to put a stake in the ground. And today... It's a Tuesday, maybe, because this is when the podcast drops. Whatever day you're hearing this, it's time to put a stake in the ground and say, it's no longer okay that I sacrifice myself and my well-being for everything else. Because, and here's the beauty, you don't have to. You just simply don't have to. So Paul's system, some other type of progress towards that, and eventually Paul's system, whatever it is that's going to change that for you, Here's your auditory permission slip, encouragement, pat on the back, lift up. It says, it's okay. And you need to do it for yourself and for everybody around you. Thanks for allowing me that moment, Paul, to talk to the audience. I really wanted to do that because what you said resonated so much. So many people sacrifice themselves, their well-being, their health, their wealth, their knowledge, their brain. They're exhausted when they go to bed. They're exhausted when they wake up. And it's just a grind, man. It's just such a grind. So so thank you for that. All right. I always ask podcast guests or podcast uh, uh, people here, what is it that's the one thing? If you had one thing out of all the conversations we've had, the audience, what do you want them to take away from this as their, their sort of number one takeaway? Yeah, the, I, I've been thinking about this, um, this idea for, for about like, a, like two or three months. And it's really, really profound for me. Um, Cause I've been seeing with my clients and with um, even just like people in, in my circles and like on my Facebook feed um, that there's so many people out there that are looking for extrinsic or like outside of themselves solutions to their problems. Um, this became actually the way that I came across. Uh, well, I started um, helping my clientele with their, their time management specifically um, and hopefully getting them to time mastery instead is, um, is that I, I, I was actually, I was like a marketing consultant, right? I was helping my clients, um, understand how to you know, market their products and craft their products and, and all that. And, um, and I was doing pretty good at it, but I started recognizing I wasn't actually helping them with marketing. <laughs> mm. Um, I started recognizing that the clients that I was working with they actually had the answers already or most of the answers. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and what I was actually helping them with was I was actually just helping them take action on it. Mm -hmm. And it ended up me coaching them in their, the management and the, the mastery of their time and their decisions and their vision. Right. And um, so I was like, well, why don't I just help them with that exclusively, right? But I'm I'm looking around at my social circles and and again, like my my feeds and my clientele, and and I see so many people searching for somebody to solve their issues, 
or solve the issues in their business or with a relationship. And, and that's good, like to have those resources to you. I mean, I'm not, I'm not downing any of those things, but what I am saying is I bet if we got you to a place where you actually did what you already know how to do, mm-hmm. 95% of your problems would disappear. Mm-hmm. And the other 5% that you're struggling with, that you maybe like genuinely don't have a skill set around or genuinely don't know how to do, it's literally like a Google search away or, or a $10 book. Like it's not that the answers are not that far from you. And you, and because most of them are inside of you, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so I guess what, what I'm saying is succinctly is you, you already know how to do it. Like, the, the the thing that you're searching for is right in front of you. It just mm-hmm. takes action. In fact, audience, this is my close eyes moment. I would I would I would have you imagine what would my what would my life look like if I actually did everything that I know how to do. Like mm. what what would change in your relationships? What would change in your business? What would change with your health? Would, would the vision that you have for your life actually be, like my client said, like 90% lived out? Am I, I, I'm not even betting. I'm just telling you it would be. Like if you actually take the action, if you actually make the decisions, if you actually craft, craft a strategy, I'm betting you're way closer to the life that you want to be living than you think. I, I have to say that again. What would my life actually look like if I actually did what I already know how to do. That is literally and figuratively, because it really is figuratively, mind-blowing, dude. Like, my dude, like that is, that's the dream. That's mm-hmm. the dream. And if time mastery is the vehicle to that dream, put me in the driver's seat, fill the gas tank, and get out of my way, because that's that's crazy cool, man. Well, that's crazy cool. I'm going to post that. Uh, I'm going to post that all over the place. I'm going to create a quote card for you out of that when we podcast. Cause that when we, when we launch this podcast, that is the, that's the dream. What would my life look like if I actually did everything I already know how to do? Like unrealized dreams, unrealized ideas, unrealized, just because of a constraint that we can release that pressure, man, you are, you're brilliant. Okay. So because I know they're going to want to, uh, and they're gonna, know more about Paul, want to know more about Paul, engage with Paul, read about Paul. I'm going to send them to Instagram. You guys, Paul Van Bloom, not like a flower bloom. It's with an E. Okay. This will be in the show notes. So he's on Instagram, Paul Van Bloom. And if you guys want to know more about the system, if you want to know more about how to take yourself from this constraint, this opportunity to, to look at scarcity and create abundance. Okay. From a perspective of mastering your time, you're going to go to www.timemastersgroup.com slash event. Did I say that right? That's right. Yeah. Perfect. And, and listen, guys, I always say it because I have to say it. I'm a podcaster. That's my job, but it's in the show notes. So if you want to find him on Instagram, you want to uh, find out more information about the event, which I encourage every single one of you to do. Paul's amazing. He's just a really awesome person. He's truly passionate about his content, his mission, his message. So go there, see those links. Paul, I have a surprise for you. At the end of every podcast, I do a lightning round. And so I ask you a a couple of really fun questions just off the top of my head. And then uh, we'll do a closing thought and we'll be on our way. Is that all right? I'm excited. Let's go. Okay. Um, Favorite type of movie? Ooh, action. Yeah. You and my wife. Um, Favorite uh, beach beach or mountain? Mountain all the way. 100%. Mountain guy. Okay. Um, We're going into summer. Uh, Favorite summer activity? I just barely discovered mountain biking. Oof. Oh, that's good. good. It is good. good. Uh, so I had the pleasure of photographing a wedding at the Ritz Carlton in um, Beaver Creek. And I was like, oh man, I can't believe I have to go to this place in the spring. Right. And you think about the, the Rocky mountains and you're like, oh, I want to go in the winter time and all this kind of stuff. It was not only beautiful and gorgeous, but the list of things that you can do in the mountains mm-hmm. in the spring and summer between the water uh, and the, it's amazing. I don't know why everybody's talking about beaches, honestly. Yeah. Mountains win every time, every yeah. time. Well, I live in Utah though. So, eh. well, but, and that's <laughs> like, I am, I'm sort of a convert. I think the beach and ocean are one of the most beautiful things to look at, but mm. I'm not a huge fan of sand. I have a little thing about that. And so like, when I go to the beach, everybody's like, do you want to go to the beach? I'm like, I want to go to the ocean, but I'll sit up here and, and <laughs> chill up here and watch the ocean and listen to the waves. But you're right. I am a mountain guy. My wife is from Fort Collins. 
So I spent a lot more time in Denver and in, in the mountains, man. It's, it's just beautiful. Um, I need one more juicy question. Uh, you have two kids, right? Give me their names and ages. Uh, Isla is, she's coming up on three, but she's, she's two and Wesley is six months. Oh my God. You're a beast. Okay. Um, <laughs> what is your favorite thing about kids? I know it's a tough one. That's a juicy question. I, they, my, I don't know. My kids are just the most beautiful, kind, like just hilarious kids in the world. Um, I just love how, well, they're so present with you. Mm -hmm. They're so invested in you and present with you when you're with them. And uh, I think it's just, I think it's just the most beautiful thing in the world. There's a really, really deep lesson there, Paul, right? As we, as we talked about. <laughs> I'm just trying to emulate them. You know? <laughs> totally. Man, I got to tell you, the things that my daughter has taught me in the four and a half years she's been on this planet about her, about life, about myself, like I, I could fill a book. I could easily fill a book. So There's literally, literally nothing more meaningful in life than children. It's, it is, I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. It is remarkable. It's a remarkable experience. Uh, Paul, I would be remiss if I didn't thank you not only for your time and your attention here, but all the work that you're doing on behalf of creative and struggling and dedicated entrepreneurs all over the planet that are trying to make a better life for themselves, for their spouses, for their families, and for their clients and the world around them. Thank you, man. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. This was an awesome podcast. I really, really appreciate you having thank me you. on. I appreciate that. All right, guys. So um, here's your final thought for today. First is I'm going to open loop the crap out of this because something that Paul said today reminded me of a really fun story. Okay. It's a, it's an anecdote about an artist and I'm going to open loop it and say that if you want to know what that story is, and it's a beautiful story and it's a wonderful story. And it talks about external versus internal capabilities and motivations, just like we've been talking about today and where things come from. You're going to have to click on the link in the show notes below and set up a coaching discovery call with me. Okay. It's 15 to 30 minutes. I want to help you reach the potential that you're struggling to reach. And it's such a beautiful, fun story. Now, if you're sitting there in your chair thinking, I've heard the Picasso in the cafe story before, that's not the story. Okay. And if you haven't heard that story, schedule your call. And I'm going to tell you two stories about artists because that one's a good one too, but it's not the Picasso story. Uh, it's another one and uh, I'm dedicated to you and I'm dedicated to helping you achieve your goals faster and with less work. So uh, let's go. Paul, thank you once again for coming to the People First and Profit Podcast. I appreciate you so much. Uh, with that, guys, we're going to have Adam Wilmer take us out of here. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the People First and Profit Podcast. If you like this episode, and I'm pretty sure you did, subscribe, review, and share it with your friends, fans, and followers wherever you get your podcasts. Check out the show notes for additional information about this week's guest, as well as a list of all the links and resources we discussed. Be sure to visit peoplefirstinprofit.com for a ton of great content, free resources, and links to the People First and Profit community. All right, I'm Adam Wilmore, and on behalf of your host, Don Mamoni, we'll see you next week. Thank you.